Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Pot Strickland. I'm your host, Shwini Poo, and this is episode 375. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Stacey. That is at StaceyPatton89 on Twitter. Stacey, how are you doing on uh, this basketballless Wednesday afternoon? Uh, the one time I'm thankful the Knicks don't have to play because they could use every day of rest they can get right now. So <laughs> thankful they got the extra two days. Um. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's good to have time off for them. It's good to have time off for us. Uh, everybody likes time off, you know, uh, other than Doc Rivers, who apparently did not want time off uh, and has come back to just drop endless, endless, ridiculous, ridiculous quotes. But we're not here to talk about Doc Rivers. Maybe we are. Who knows? Who knows what the hell we're going to talk about? We might talk about Doc Rivers. But before we get started, do you have to make a few announcements first made that Strickland has an Instagram, check that out. That is at the Strickland on Instagram. Post all that kinds of new content on there. The Strickland also has a YouTube channel where you may be watching this podcast. If you are not done so already, please hit like, subscribe to the channel, leave us a comment. That would be a huge help to us. Strickland also has merchandise, which you can find on our website, www.thestrick.land. There's a link that will take you to the merchandise store, and you can find all kinds of cool stuff. T-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, coffee mugs, water bottles, you name it. We've got it. Strickland also has a Patreon, which you can subscribe to. There are a number of different tiers. There's a $6 tier that gets you access to Pod Strickland, this podcast that I host every Friday with Prez. You also get access to Tick, or sorry, yeah, no, yeah, yes, yes. I don't know. I haven't done this in so long. I completely forgot. You also get access to Takes from Obvious Bozos, our newest podcast that is hosted by Andrew Steele, aka Doug, along with Zach Blatter. And of course, you also get access to the Strickland Discord with the conversation never stops. There are further tiers. There's a $9 tier that gets you access to Stricken All, my solo pod, where I rant and rave about the next even more. You also get access to wonderful premium articles by Matthew Merritt, one of the best in the business. And now you get access to Strictly NFL, our newest podcast that is about, you guessed it, the NFL that is hosted by Constantine Metricos and Jeffrey Rasmussen. There are further tiers. There's a $15 tier, $30 tier, $50 tier, and a $100 tier that's going with a variety of additional benefits like listening to pod recordings. Merchandise discounts and even potentially co-hosting a podcast alongside your show day, whether you choose to subscribe or not, and this would be possible without you. And none of this would be possible without Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With up-to-the-minute odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting contests and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to BetOnline today to become part of the team. Remember to use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. The game starts here. Um, how's your All-Star break been? Relaxing, you know. I think we all needed a break, as you said. So time off is good. Paid time off is better. So, um yeah, if you're hearing that, um, paid time off is good. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, pretty relaxing. How about yours? Uh, it's been good. It's good. Uh, went to Atlantic City. That was fun. Um, spent most of my time with the sports book there. That was cool. Uh, I did all right. I I ended up like net. 40 bucks so not great but if you're there for three days and you're 
40 bucks at the end of it. Not including Syracuse, room. man. Lost again. <laughs> get on the road to Metuchen. Yeah. <laughs> me and me and fat Dom. Uh but yeah, I um so yeah, I mean look, I was happy. I, I figured, you know, you, you go in expecting you might lose a couple hundred bucks. Uh you end up forty bucks, I'll take it. Um between the sports book and uh, and craps, I did okay. So um look, nobody wants to hear about my gambling stories. I mean, maybe they do, but I'm not gonna tell them right now. Um but the Knicks are back tomorrow night. They play Philadelphia, uh, and then they play Boston on Saturday in a national primetime game. But <clears throat> um, we're getting some guys back. Seems Steven Chenzo should be back. Seems Hartenstein should be back. I think Bogdanovich also. Um, we're getting some good news on Randall. He actually just came out uh, and, and did his first media availability uh, since he got hurt. So that's good to see. Um, and Tib seems to be, you know, saying all the right things about him doing the work to get back. OG um, got an update on him yesterday. He actually mentioned that, um, you know, that the injury was tough for him to play through. Like he was playing through in January, um, but obviously he it just became unbearable. So it is what it is. I mean, look, if that's how he plays through a fucking injury, good. Make sure he gets right. Uh, I'm I'm happy with that. But yeah, look. Uh, they're, they needed this break. We talked about it for like, it felt like the entire fucking week, week and a half before the all-star break. We were just like, oh my God, can we just get there already? Like this team is about to fucking die. Um, but they didn't. They survived and uh, they are here now. They're going to be coming out of this break. So I'm pretty excited to watch them play, man. Uh, it feels like, look, I, I know there have been some reactionary takes about the Bogdanovich and Burks trade. Um, I just think that it's been such a weird situation they've immediately had to jump into. Then you had that bullshit fucking Houston game where the entire team got screwed, uh, specifically Jalen Brunson. Um, so uh, look, I, I just am excited to see them in a more, you know, they've had time to practice and, and kind of get settled. Uh, and I'm excited to see this team gradually get healthy. You know, uh, like I said, I, I think Randall, I, honestly, man, I think Randall's going to be back for OG. I really do. I, I just see it. I feel it. You think he's uh, going to be back by what, sir? I think he's going to be back for OG. I do. Um, we'll see. But he just he, he's been around the team for a while. Uh, now he's doing media availability again. I don't know, man. I don't know. Getting good feelings. But either way, both of them don't seem like they'll be too far um, too far off now. So that's I mean that's huge for the Knicks. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's really the long game at this point. I think the way Cleveland's playing and their schedule, the two seed is probably out of reach. But the three seed still is there. Um, so, you know, they, they've done a good job of treading water despite all of this. I think we talked about this, but they ended up, what, four and five in after Randall got hurt or something like that? And yeah, they were four and five after Randall got hurt. After, yeah, because Randall and OG. So Randall gets hurt in the Miami game, and then OG gets ruled out before the next game. I don't remember who the fuck they were. Yeah, so since that, losing your starting forward, your starting small forward, your starting power forward, your second option on offense, your best def- defender who really trans- – I mean, I think it didn't come out quite as much, but you can really see the difference in the Knicks' defense, um, You know, even if when they still had Grimes. Without OG, uh, they're already miss- missing Mitch. They missed Dante. They missed Brunson for a game. You know, they're treading water, uh, which is a credit to Tibbs. Um, you know, he, we talked about the minutes, you know, what happened with Dante and all that, but – 
Um, the team is not going to just fold. Um, they, they don't punt games, and we can talk whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, but they've definitely continued to play well. I think some of their new additions, Precious has been huge. Um, you know, I think that when you talk about OG and Randall being out, we, the Knicks don't have this level of success without Precious Chua. I think that's you have to start there. And that gives you some optimism about Burks and Bogdanovich. Um, you know, it's it's always going to feel a little bit not great. You traded a young player they invested a lot in. You know, the, the whole, I think a lot of the takes on the Donovan Mitchell, you know, whether they're willing to include him were they lacked a lot of context. Like, you know, if you have to put him in as a throw-in, I'm sure the Knicks were like, no, we're not putting Grimes in as a throw-in or just like the key young player in this deal if we still have to give up all the picks and we still have to give up some like quickly or RJ. Um, but I think um, with that aside, I think it's still a little early. I've actually liked the way Bogdanovich has played. Um, they still aren't maximizing him probably, and he's still finding his way, but I think he's done a good job of picking his spots. His defense hasn't been as bad as I thought it would be. And uh, and Burks, the, the process isn't there, but he still had some tough shots. And I do think Burks is a guy who will benefit from some practice and just, you know, you could see it even the season where he's running point guard, which obviously didn't work that well. That starting lineup still had, a, a I think, a positive net rating, right, 2.0 um, or something like that. So, you know, he can play that role if he just knows where guys are going to be and his reads are simple. And I think he'll get there. Um, that that part of his game hasn't gone away. He can still create space. He can still hit shots. He can still draw attention. So um, I think that they should be fine with that trade. Um, it would be awesome if they could get some more help for the Boston game. That really like to see what this team looks like at full strength against them. But um, I would imagine OG and Randall are still going to be out for that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, they're not going to be back right now. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. I, um, I, I, we'll, we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I think that, I, I don't know. There's all these fucking, I can't like ever take the beat seriously because they're just so bad at paraphrasing. Um, but like, I don't know. I, Maybe he uh, Randall just said that he might need surgery, um, but he might he might still need surgery. But I think that sound that sounds like something that probably would happen after the season. I don't know. I look, we'll see. Yeah, but I um, mean that's still concerning. If his shooting hand, shooting arm needs surgery, a guy who has struggled in the playoffs, um, that is concerning, right? So. Yeah, I mean it's concerning, but um, I will. I, I I don't know. We'll we'll have to see how it, it works out. I I haven't even listened to the fucking thing yet. Um, but of course, because we can't get ever fucking get exact quotes, uh, we just paraphrase. Thank you to the beat. Uh, how could I? How could I know? Um, what the context was, or, or how he said it, or anything. So uh, they asked him, "Do you need surgery?" And he said, "Maybe, maybe not. Maybe fuck yourself." Yeah, I mean that would be um, uh, an interesting response. I um, you know, I, I don't know. Did you? What did you think of the All Star game? What did you think of the All Star game? What do you think of the All Star weekend? I actually don't. I think it's really stupid. Like, I think it's dumb that the players don't give a shit. But I also like. I don't care enough to op opine on 
how to fix the game. I honestly kind of think they should just scrap the entire thing. Maybe just keep like a three point contest and build around that. But like, I don't need to see the fucking dunk contest anymore. I don't really need to see the all star game. Like, if that was, if like, look, I, I, I it was on because I was at the casinos or it was on fucking everywhere. So I happen to watch enough of it. But like, if that's what it is, like, I, I'm fine with them just not having it. If the players don't give a shit, then, then, okay, then just don't have the game. Like, I don't really. Are we sure, do we need the game? Like, do we really need the game? If the point is like, well, we just want to have all-stars, okay, fine. Then pick fucking all-stars. That's fine. You don't need to have the game. You don't need to have it. You can make it like a big fucking weekend. Again, like, I think the all-star Saturday stuff is still fine. Even the Friday stuff is fine, right? The Rising Stars game, whatever. Maybe get rid of the celebrity game, because I don't really, I don't know. Do you ever watch that? I never watch it. Well, I think um, we're at an age when where it's, if they have YouTube influencers and stuff, we're just not going to be as into that. Yeah. Maybe. So, I mean, when look, I was a kid, you know, if I saw like J. Cole or a kid, meaning in my 20s, or I saw like J. Cole in the game, that was cool, right? So for, for a segment of fans, I'm sure it's more interesting and appealing. For like Zach? I didn't want to name names, but yeah. <laughs> for like Zach and Chris. Uh, like, oh, I love that guy. Um, I subscribed to his channel since I was. Did you in see the that? Grade. Did you see that dunk young Percocet hat? <laughs> Uh, but yeah, like, look, whatever. The, I think the Friday and Saturday stuff is largely fine. Just get rid of the dunk contest because it is awful. And can they just make the skills challenge what like what it used to be when it was just like a course and you just did that instead of all these weird like let's have teams. I don't know that that stuff bothers me. But like that stuff, it's pretty easy to fix. I think the All Star Game is just broken, dude. Like they don't need it. I don't think they should worry about it. And I kind of think they just shouldn't have it. Like I, if they don't again, if they don't want to play. Is is somebody like clamoring for the All Star Game? Like, is is there somebody who's just like, we need to have this so boring? Well, yes, actually, it is. Um, it is a big, big weekend for the NBA, uh, for their partners, for uh, the people who get to be there and and see these guys up front. Yeah, it's awesome. It, it, what I'm saying is, there is a very real incentive that goes beyond the fans for the NBA. Um, I I don't think you can fix. I mean. I would love to see a better. Can't ball. you? Can't you? Like, like if you're not, if the game just sucks, which the game sucks, like it's it's been bad for now for like years at this point. Then just don't do the game. Do something else. Do anything else. Just don't do the game because they're not going to take it seriously. They're not, and they've shown that. They basically all the quotes after the after the game were just LeBron being like, "Yeah, it's good. Nobody got hurt. Like, okay, great. Like, that's awesome." Um, it's they don't care. They don't care. And I, I honestly, I, I kind of like struggled to be that upset. I think it's whack. They don't care. Like, I think it's stupid that they're not competitive about it. But like, I don't know, dude, I'm not playing 82 games a year. I don't have playoffs. I don't, I don't have well, any beyond that. I mean, how I would like to see competitive all-star game. How would you have felt if Jalen Brunson got hurt taking a charge because it's a competitive game? Or, you know, like, so like, I guess I think the thing that I get annoyed about is I'm like, there is a difference between like what, like, yes, taking a charge. Like, I don't want anybody taking a charge in any all-star game, competitive, non-competitive, whatever. But there's a difference between like that and like, can we get some cool moments? Like, can we get, oh, you know, KD isolated on fucking Tatum. Tatum, whatever it is, and like they they actually care, like like they care, they try in this isolated possession, like that. I don't think 
is asking for a lot. And I don't think it's risking a lot. Like, I'm not asking for them to like, oh, like, did you like make sure you guys nail your defensive rotations and like, you know, close out, uh, get make sure you get back in transition, all this stuff. Like, no, obviously we understand the nature of the game is an exhibition. But even within an exhibition, there's a level of comp- competition. I mean, have you seen Rocky Four? It was an exhibition fight. And so are you saying you want motherfuckers to die out there? Yeah, I'm just. If just, he dies, he dies. <laughs> fight for your country, no, and your political beliefs, no. Um, but like, it, it's just I don't know. Like, I, I just think there's there's a level of competitiveness it can get to, even if I agree and understand why players more not not I agree, but I, I even if I understand where players are coming from, I'm like, okay, I get that. But like in these moments, you still like really you can't you can't do anything in these moments. Like I don't know. I I I, I have a, I, that's my that's what I think the game totally lacks now. And you know I don't I don't know if you remember this. Do you remember like whatever what a fucking year it was probably like twenty ten or something like that. But like it was a close All Star game, and LeBron had the ball with Kobe defending him. And then he like passed it to somebody for a three and it was like the right play. But after the game, Kobe, I think it was Kobe who was kind of like, you know, like that's the, like, it's the moment, like just fucking go one-on-one with me. And like, that's what the fans want to see type of thing. And I don't even know if he said it after the game or if he was saying it to him on the court, like during a timeout or something like that. I forgot what exactly happened, but that's, I'm like, don't you have a sense of like showmanship and, like I, I, I and honestly, the thing that pisses me off more than like, look, I, again, I can understand why they don't care about it and whatever. But like, this idea that they don't owe anything to the fans actually pisses me off. Like, like I'm not saying you need to fucking kiss our ass, and, and I get like when they get frustrated with fans, but like you can't act like fans are. You, you want to know why you make money? Do you want to know why corporate sponsors? give away millions of dollars to the league and pump up the revenue streams and everything. Do you, do you know why fucking ESPN and ABC and their broadcast partners and, and, and TNT pay billions of dollars for the rights? Because people watch this shit. People care. People care. People put their spend their money. They spend their time watching and caring about this league and, and going to games and buying fucking jerseys and all this shit. Like, you do owe it to the fans to do something for them. Like, again, like, like all-star Saturday, I thought was pretty awesome. Aside from one, the dunk contest to whatever the fuck Kenny Smith was talking about. Um, but like, like that's fun. You know, like I, when I went to the all-star game, which was a decade ago at this point, all-star Saturday, it was the fucking, that was the best part of the entire weekend. Like it's, it's fun as hell. It's great. It's casual atmosphere. You got all the stars sitting along, like, you know, they're in the crowd, right? They're reacting everything with us and shit. It's fun. It's cool. Um, but like if the all-star game, like if they're not going to, cause it's like you, like you said, it is kind of like for the fans, right? Well, if you're not actually going to give a shit, which is like, which to some extent, the fans want you to give a shit. If you're not going to even hit that low bar that fans want, then just don't have it or replace it with something because it's, I mean, you watched it, right? I'm sure you watched at least pieces of it. Were you at any point where you're like, wow, this is so entertaining? Even the dunks are boring because there's like, it's just like a fucking layup line. Nobody wants to contest anything. There's nobody back there. It's just like, uh, uh, what is the point of that? Uh, honestly, what is the point of that? Like, it, 
I, I don't even want to watch that. I don't like it's like, oh, do you like going to the park and just watching people warm up? Like, is that oh yeah, this is so cool. Like, I love watching this random dude from three blocks away work on his fucking fadeaway jumper while nobody contests him uh before we shoot for teams. Like, I don't know. I, I just think there's so some like they need to just get rid of something or change it entirely. Maybe it doesn't need to be a game. I don't know what it needs to be, but it, it, it shouldn't be that. Yeah, I think you can make it more competitive. I wonder if there's incentives. Um, like the MLB went to um, giving the winning conference or the winning league their uh, the home court advantage. I wonder if you could do that. Um, something like that. You could do a cash prize. Um, you know, maybe with gambling, if there's some incentives for players. I, I mean, do you think it'd be crazy to have players incentivized to make their prop bets? I don't know. It'd probably be really bad now that I think about it, but maybe just for the all-star game. Um, you can experiment with things like that. Um, I mean, I, I think I've always said this, like to your point on Kobe and LeBron, have a one-on-one -on -one contest and make it worth their while and put some money into it. I don't know that the NBA is willing to do that. And I don't know that this is such a – Adam Silver complained, but is it actually an issue for them that the all-star game isn't great? Maybe it's not a problem that needs to be fixed, to your point, right? Like, who cares? Like, maybe the All-Star game is going to suck. It's for the celebrities there. It's for the people who get to see their friends and, you know, their corporate partners who get to, maybe. like, be around there. Um, you know, I thought that the Sabrina-Steph competition was actually really cool. Um, it was very competitive. Were um, you mad that Sabrina didn't use uh, a men's ball and didn't shoot? Like, were you upset about that, like Kenny Smith was? Yeah, I mean, he's also upset that Kyle Kuzma is apparently better than Jalen Brunson. So, who knows? <laughs> um, but um, that's literally what he said, right? He, every time they take the floor, Brunson is the second best player, which means he thinks Kyle Kuzma is better than Jalen Brunson. Jordan uh, Poole. So, I don't know how much how much um, credibility we want to give to Kenny Smith. Um, I, I think a one-on-one -on -one contest does a lot there. And you can do it by position. I mean, obviously, you don't really want Jalen Brunson one-on-one -on -one with Nikola Jokic or something, but do it for guards, do it for forwards, do it for centers, right? Just the way you do it. Um, I don't think you need to get rid of the actual game. Um, I think there have been the, the first one with the Elam ending did have some kind of competitiveness. You can create some incentives there. Maybe you go back to the draft. So there's a little bit of a personal thing. Um, I thought the USA world idea that they did with the rising stars was a cool idea. I don't know how much that affected the bottom line, but I think that's an interesting thing because you see a lot of players, a lot of American players talking about, you know, wanting to show that, you know, this is still our league. You talk about, you know, Canada has really had a huge rise. You, you, but you probably don't have, like, I think the problem with that always arises. It's easier to do. In, I think they used to do that in hockey. I don't know if they still do it. Um, but like hockey is very split, right. In terms of, I think they used to do like North America versus the world, but like the NHL demographics, make that a lot easier. Whereas if you did like America versus the world in hoops, I like, yes, still have a, I mean, look at the, inter the international team would be insane. No, no, no. I'm not saying, I'm not okay. saying that. I'm not saying they wouldn't be awesome. What I'm saying is that I still think the talent pool of all-star caliber players is skewed towards Americans versus the rest of the world. So you would be cutting out the all-star bids like let's say a guy like uh, you're saying, say that, you're, you're saying like, that would influence the voting is what you're well, saying. Well, not just that it would it would dictate it because you'd be like okay, well, a guy like Brunson might get left off just because 
he's American, and they are only taking 12, right? Whereas if you go 12 international, maybe a guy like uh, – I'm not I, – I haven't sat down and done this. Yeah, Wemenyama would have gotten in, right? Yeah, which would be fine. I mean, it's fine. Like, he's a very entertaining player. But, like, what if a guy like Wiggins got in this year? You know what I mean? Like, what, did, did, so is he getting in because he's an all-star? Or is he you getting in? the because... wrong Canadian, bro. Look at your yeah. podcast. Yeah, well, he's no longer on the Knicks. So, um, but, like, yeah, I mean, for, yeah, for sure, whatever. Just say RJ Barrett. Like, okay, so he would get in, and it's like, he's obviously not an all-star caliber player this season, but he would get in because he's born on, like, I guess in this case, the right side of the border. Like, I don't know. I, I think, but let, let's count them off, right? At least this year. And maybe going forward, I think your point is very salient. Let's count them off this year, right? Jokic getting in no matter what. Luka Giannis. getting in no matter what. What? Giannis getting Giannis. in no matter what. Embiid Shea. getting in no matter what. Shea getting in no matter what. Um, yeah, to your point, it does get a little bit hairy after that. Probably a guy like Wemby gets in, right? Um, Porzingis. Porzingis. So you just have like all bigs. So Porzingis would get in over Randall, which is a little annoying, right? So you, I mean, you do have all bigs. I mean, Shea and then Luca, and there aren't a lot of like quick guards from other countries. You put you put you put Porzingis at the three. Yeah, Kurt Rambis. Um, Fizdale. Shout out David Fizdale, great coach. uh, No, that was a Rambis thing, wasn't it though? Rambis said it, and then also Fizdale said it. They both were into that idea. Honestly, maybe it's a good idea. Who the hell knows? The league is so weird now. I mean, it worked with Lowry, but Lowry's quicker than Przingis. It's like you wouldn't put Wamanyama at the three, and he's quicker than Przingis, right? So, um, but um, but yeah, no, I I, I think that would add. But I, I, my point is more that it would add some competitive flavor, or like maybe it's not the main event, but you could do a USA versus World event since since there is going to be heavy overlap with All Star. You know, maybe that wouldn't matter. I've thought this, like, what if you had every college player play for their college team? You could do a Duke versus Kentucky game, right? That would be comp- – I mean, Kentucky's going to scrape that, honestly, at this point. But, you know, imagine if all the Nova guys get to play together and we get to watch. So, like, is, isn't the fundamental thing, though, is ultimately, like, if the guys don't care, it doesn't matter what – This I think this is what it gets down to, though. It's like we can sit here and talk about, like, how they can format or whatever. If guys don't care, they don't care. Well, I and mean, you get how do you make them care? How do you add a little more? Extra? I don't think any of this matters. I think you just have to like you said, it's incremental. We don't have that. We don't need them to play it like it's game seven of the finals. We just need them to, to your point, just like make basic rotation. I, I don't, I don't think that they would, I don't think they'll care unless you put money in it. I really think that's it. Like, I mean, they even, like, there was that leak, right? To Sam Amick, where they were like, oh, that's what they liked about the in season tournaments, that there was money on the line. Look, I, it sounds stupid to people, but like, you know, when you, yeah, as rich as they are, like a million dollars, whatever, like maybe it, it, it moves the needle, right? It, it makes you want to play for something. Maybe it's that simple. Maybe it really is that simple. Put Make, you know, all, dunk contest winner gets, you know, fucking $3 million. All-star team, whichever all-star team wins, they get fucking, who knows? I, I don't know. The NBA has a shit ton of money. Like, let's say they want to give a million apiece. Two million apiece. That's, 20, that's $24 million for... Uh, whoever's on the winning team. That would probably get every more competitive. I think I think so. I think that would work. I think it would work. I think that's the only way to fix it. I really don't think any, any of this other stuff might present it in a cooler format for us. But I think it's just that's just the novelty. Like, unless you put money in the game, I don't think they're, they're going to care. Do you think with money, they would ever do a one-on-one tournament? Even with money? If you made the winner... Winner of the one-on-one tournament gets like ten mil. 
Yeah. So like the the cost of embarrassment or whatever is that high? You think? I just think the one. I think one on one is just you've got to incentivize it at that level because you want to get the best guys, right? Like th- nobody wants to go watch the one on one tournament and like. It's like Jordan Clarkson versus Kelly Oubre. I would Nobody's want to watch Bones Highland versus Quickly. Yeah, I would not. Um, but like, like, oh, uh, like, like, clearly, like, it'd be like you know Clarkson and Oubre or something. Nobody wants to watch that. People, we want to see the, we want, we want to see the stars go one on one, right? Like, we want to see KD on Tatum or Luca on SGA, Luca, like, whatever. You want to see all these Brunson possible- and Mitchell. I mean, yeah. imagine how how much that would have made them this year. Yeah. But, like, that's – so you want all these – like, you want to see these guys basically square up, right? And unless you incentivize that at a high level, I don't think you'll get the top guys because they make too much fucking money. Like, if you make it a couple mil, yeah, that can get them to try an all-star game. But to be like, hey, do you want to take three hours out of your night on Saturday night to, like, play a one-on-one tournament – if you if you're like it's a million dollars for the winner, they're going to be like, uh, no, I'm good. Like I, I'm actually losing I money. Disagree with that. A million dollars is a lot of money. It's a lot of money. I don't think it's that much money to a guy like James Harden, or Kawhi, or KD, or like these guys have made fucking two hundred plus million in their careers. They also have high costs. There's taxes. There's everything. What are you? Their fucking accountant? Well, <laughs> turtle. <laughs> Why is Turtle spending fifteen hundred dollars a month on, <laughs> on cell phone calls? Get this guy an unlimited plan. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is that I mean, think about how much they lose in fines. Think about LeBron spends two million dollars a year on fitness. Imagine if half of that he covered fitness. <laughs> it's well, it's a lot, right? Nutrition. I mean, I don't steroids, HGH. Like, I mean, think about, we both watch tennis, right? Do you think it's a factor that Novak Djokovic has basically unlimited money to spend to improve himself versus Alcaraz beat him once and he's lost every time since because Alcaraz doesn't have the kind of capital to invest in himself, right? Um, To do HGH, the best HGH, correct. (laughs) Oh, you're not a Djokovic. Who's your guy? Are you a Nadal guy? You're a Federer guy? I feel like you're a winner guy. Yeah, I'm a Federer guy. But like I no, I'm not I'm not even saying that as a like I'm saying look, I, I I'll just it doesn't really matter. Like I genuinely think all the best athletes in the world are doing performance enhancing drugs. Like I just think that's a fact of life. And I don't care. I actually don't give a shit. I if anything, I would like that they would I think they should legalize that stuff and allow leagues to I mean there's serious uh, health consequences for things like steroids and all that. Like, yeah, but I'm sure that there are newer drugs uh, which have less of those insane side effects. And if they were monitored by medical professionals and you could do it legally, I would suggest that that might be safer. Anyway, that's not my point. My point is, yes, I agree with you that like they have high cost expenses, but isn't that's why you want to make it worth more. Like Because a million to them, to your point, a million to LeBron, he's just going to be like, eh, doesn't do much for me. 10 million? Okay, now I can finance my fucking nutrition uh for 3 years. Like that like you have to make it worth their time. I don't think they and it's not just like there's a difference between winning, you know, fucking a $50 hand and a $500 hand when you're playing with your friends or something, right? Like there's a different you want to you want to win the big pot. So 
make it worth their time. Like you're not going to have, you're not going to get the best fucking poker players in the world. If you're, if you're like, well, we, you know, this is for the fans guys. So the pot's only like 10 grand. No, none of them are coming. They're going to be like, are you fucking kidding me? I'll just go to fucking AC this weekend and clean up on the fucking tables, and I'm good to go. Like, I don't need to you come. You don't think Teddy KGB would play for 10 grand? No, I don't. Actually, he would, but that's different. He's a fucking shark. Um, but, like, like you know, I'm, so, I'm sorry, John. I don't remember. Uh, but, like, yeah, Johnny Chan's not going to be like, oh, shit, 10 grand. I got to be there for that one. Like, no, you got to have a big fucking pot. Got it. You got to incentivize it. I think that's the only way. I really... Like, look, you can scrap the fucking and today all they did was like the three point contest. The and I did, I like, I thought the Steph or Sabrina thing was awesome. Um, have that you can expand on that even. I think that they, that's probably something they should expand on. I think didn't Sabrina say after the game, she was like, uh, after they did it, she was like, oh yeah, it'd be cool to do like a two on two of like me and Caitlin Clark versus Steph and somebody else. Um, that would be cool. I agree. Um, but like, they can expand that. Fucking scrap the dunk contest, make it the one-on-one tournament, put the fucking prize in like five, ten million dollars. I don't know, something significant. And then you can still do the all-star game thing. And I you know, that that's probably the bigger problem when you really think about it, is that the all-star game, if it sucked, I don't think anybody would care if the other stuff didn't suck, right? But the dunk contest is so bad. Like it what do you think has changed though? Because like I think it, like a lot of people point to the fact that LeBron never did one. That's the biggest Jordan thing. Jordan did one. Uh, Kobe, I believe, did one, right? Kobe, Kobe won. Michael yeah. Jordan won. Dominique won. Vince Carter so won. What do you think is – because those guys obviously made a lot of I think of it's money. LeBron. So I do. LeBron made it not cool? Yes. I Dwight think, still did it afterwards. No, not, not, not just – yeah, okay, but it's Dwight, who nobody likes. Um, At the time, he was one of the top five players in the NBA. Yeah, he was one of the top five players in the NBA, but he was a fucking loser. Uh, and nobody at that time him. he wasn't yet. The Superman thing it it did volume. He became a loser afterwards with the Stan Van Gundy stuff when he had those expectations. Well, I guess I was just ahead of the curve because I always thought he was a fucking loser. Um, but like I, I just okay, Dwight did it, but who's done it since him? Like, and Dwight kind of did it. I think he got pressure, not pressured, but like the league needed one of their top guys to do it, right? Because LeBron wouldn't do it. So it's like, okay, so Dwight, I mean, if you like to your point. So do you think they gave him money under the table though? Or no, no, no. Like, I just, I, I, no, I think they were like, look, the league obviously talks to these guys. It's not like they don't have any communication. They're probably like, look, like we really want you to do this. We're trying to make you a face. Of, and they were trying to make him a face of the league at that time. Right. Like that was that. So that was before he played LeBron in the uh, playoffs that year. That was in 2000. It was at the 2009 all-star break, which was, a few months before they face off in the playoffs, but they were starting to like make Le- or Dwight really leaning into him as one of the faces of the league, right? That's his fifth or sixth year, I think in the league at that point. So he was starting to come into his own, really getting like more of a national reputation. So I think they were pushing him to do it. And I think a few things have changed since then. One league pass is so prevalent right now. Like you, none of these, all these guys get exposure to the country, the fucking world, just because people, people ha- can see them. That didn't, that was not the case back then, right? Like you needed to do these kind of high profile events to get your, get your weight up. Um, and like, I, so I don't think that 
urgency is there now. Like Ant Edwards does not need the dunk contest to build his brand and, and get more attention and whatever. Um, so like that, that's part of it. Um, I think another part of it is that I, I do think it matters. LeBron didn't do it. He is the face of his generation. Um, he is one of the greatest players of all time in, in the NBA. Obviously he's one of the greatest athletes probably in American sports history. So like him not doing it, one, it came across as like he didn't want to risk not winning it, but like it also makes it not that cool because you're like, well, if LeBron's not doing it, why should I do it? And it's not just LeBron, right? Like that entire gen, like if you kind of look at the best players of his generation, I don't think Wade did it. KD's never done it. I mean, which is fine. KD's not a high flyer, but like it's kind of the point. It's like these be- the best guys, I guess, maybe, maybe aren't. Like they're not working on their dunk packages all the time, and like that's not their thing. That's I, this is why the three point contest is the more popular event now because that's the thing that is like the premium skill in the NBA, right? The premium skill is shooting, and so everybody does it. The best guys do it, and you got guys from all different positions. They're all shooting threes, so the three point contest is the popular event. The dunk contest now is kind of like. Like, nobody wants to be known anymore as, oh, this guy's just a high flyer. Like, it's nice, obviously, to have a high flyer, but nobody wants to be known for that shit anymore. Like, like shooting is the premium skill. So I think that's what's changed. I think, I think, I, I don't, I don't know what the hell exists. When did the three point shooting contest come in? That was like probably in the, when they added the three point lines. That was probably like what the, that was 1979, I think is the first year of the three point line. Um, yeah, I mean, like, Bird did it. I yeah, mean, that's a, that, I mean, those are those are iconic moments, right? Bird. That's, went it's, to an, the it's an iconic moment. It's an iconic moment, but it's not. It's an iconic moment, but it's not. It was not. It was never close to being the dunk contest. It was just not the dunk contest. And I think as time has gone on, and obviously now the league, everybody's shooting threes, right? We're shooting at record levels. That's changed. Like shooting is the thing. So on top of you don't need the exposure anymore. Right, to the fact that a guy like Carl Anthony Towns would rather be in the three point contest than the dunk contest. So, your best talents, like all of them at any position, really, that's the competition where they can really, like, I don't know, yeah, put their, you know, uh, have their claim to fame, right? It's like, like, didn't Cat win it a couple years ago, or did I make that up? I'm not sure. I know he competed. No, he won the skills competition. That's what it was. But he did compete. But like a big man winning the three-point shooting contest, you know what I mean? Like it's gonna happen at some point. But I think that's kind of my that's that's where I'm at with it though. Is like it's not just guards, it's guards, it's wings, it's bigs. Like everybody's in that competition now. The dunk contest just doesn't have that juice. Like who think even just thinking think about the young player, the, the young stars in the NBA. Okay, just think about the youngest stars in the NBA, the, the guys that are next up or whatever. Right? That was a big point of conversation over the weekend. Is like, oh, who's gonna be the face of the league after LeBron and Seth leave? How many of those guys would you say you're like, I want to see that dude in a dunk contest? Ant and Wemby, I think. Jalen, I mean, Jalen Green probably doesn't qualify at this point. So not not Jalen Brown. <laughs> God, um, <laughs> was the like, worst, what, the what worst D Brown dunk in this game, and I was like, I don't really want to watch him in a meaningful game. Um, <laughs> the worst I mean, D Brown imitation ever. 
it'd be cool to see Wemby do it. Um, Ant obviously has those kind of ups. Okay, and and how many of those? But how other than Ant, how many of those young guys are you like? This guy's a high flyer. Scoot Henderson, not some, not going to be the face of the league. It looks yeah. like at this point. Yeah. Um, so like like and that's like to me that's the difference. It's like you're not getting Vince Carter. Sure, whatever he became, and look, he had a great or really long and very good career. Career. I mean, he's hurt by the fact that he went to North Carolina as six six guard and was. I mean, he's, he's hurt, by the, hurt, by, he's hurt by the fact he did not maximize his talent in the league. Like that's like. But even even beside, maybe he just wasn't MJ. Like that's who he's getting comparisons to, right? Like. Yeah, Tracy McGrady, not, people like he, he didn't maximize because of injuries, but like he's he not even a, is is Vince Carter a Hall of Famer on anything other than longevity? I mean, his peak in New Jersey is pretty good. Okay, in Toronto too. They had some. Son really convinced about this. You're making a very convincing. I mean, all person. right. If he got to if if instead of Ray Allen, he got to go to the Celtics, his legacy might be looked a little bit differently. You know, like Ray Allen and because when the Knicks were really good in the '90s and the late '90s, the end of that kind of era. The Bucks and the Raptors were two teams I looked at, and it was like I would love to watch those games. Well, I, I get yeah, to see Ray Allen, and I get to see Vince Carter. You know? Well, he but he went to Orlando after they made the the championship. The, that was after they made the finals. So many injury. But that was like, but that's why, like, he was just injury prone guy. Whatever. We're so far afield here. The point is though, like Vince Carter at that time was like, to your point, like that's what like, they were yeah. promoting. He was like, yeah. yeah. I mean, he's I know he was bigger. I think like he was dude. They were like you're talking. They were talking about him like he's the next Jordan. He's the next Kobe. He, he's going to be competing with Kobe. Like that's kind of like the way they were selling him, um, you know. And and T Mac was a rising star, and and you know Kobe had won the dunk contest I think in '96, and he and Kobe as soon as he came in the league he was kind of like holy shit what is this what is this guy? But all these guys did it like they all did it, and and they were the like if Ant did it it would probably give it some juice because you know Ant has the potential and the talent to go on and become like one of the great shooting guards of. of of his, of his generation for sure, um, but also of all time. time. I mean, people yeah. have won those comps. The guys like Kobe, right. So. right? So like, like if he did it, maybe you'd give it some juice. But that's the level of guy you got to have there. Like, I'm sorry, like, the, like if if these are the dudes you're gonna draw, and clearly they can't draw Ant. Why the fuck wouldn't he have done it yet? You know what I mean? This is his what fourth year in the league. Why, if he was gonna do it, he would have done it yet. He would have done it already. He's not gonna do it now. Like that, that and I think that's kind of the thing is the dunk contest used to be for these, not not. All the time, but like that's what made it, I'm sure, awesome when they with Jordan and, and Wilkins were going at it, uh, you know, in the in the 80s. Is like Jordan was like the young upcoming star, and he's going at the king, right? Like the fucking the dunk king uh, with Dominique Wilkins, and it's it was like a rite of passage. It's which sounds stupid, but like for very specifically for like wing players, right? This was like the wing future stars. Like this was like the thing you did, and None of them do it now. Tatum has not done it. Jalen Brown finally did it. Nobody, and he's not even in the fucking ballpark compared to like what the guys we're talking about here. Um, Ant's not, Ant's never done it. He's never going to do it. Luca would be hilarious to watch in a dunk contest, especially because I don't know how sober he was the entire weekend. Um, <laughs> so, like, I don't know. That it just, none of these guys either catch my fancy as like they have the skill set for it or they're not fucking interested. And and I mean to your point, the archetype for the wing, like OG Ananobi, awesome player, maybe the archetype the archetype wing that isn't a star, not a high flyer, right? I mean, you even had even I mean there were players who weren't that great who, who competed in the dunk contest. 
but that 6'8", 6'10", of wing had a lot of cachet, um, even if they couldn't shoot. Um, that's just not a thing now. Um, but uh, but we, we talked about the uh, the All-Star game a lot. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to say on it? or No, I actually did not anticipate talking about the All-Star game this much because I don't think – like I, I just don't think it's fixable, and it is what it is. That's what I think. Um, I did want to get to um, – this is something that, you know, was brought up. So Milwaukee is a very interesting situation right now. Um, you know, they were a team that was doing quite well, not the hardest schedule, great offense, poor defense. They fired their coach, and it's gotten even worse. Uh, we can debate how much of that is on Doc versus roster construction. Um, but there's a reason they made that Damian Lillard trade is because uh, between Giannis' comments and his contract situation, it is coming to a bit of a head there. And Dame was their stopgap. We'll see how they do. Not stopgap. He was their move to appease Giannis. And Giannis had a quote today where he said, you know, he'd ride or die for Dame, blah, blah, blah. But the Knicks have a player a lot like Damian Lillard who's better and younger. Um, of course, I'm talking about Deuce McBride. Um, but um, do you think, you know, we've talked a lot about how the Knicks are trying to save their cachet or their their um their stock of picks and assets for you know they've given up a lot of assets now right they give up all of their young guys that are really interesting pieces we'll see wow with jericho sim slander <laughs> should be deuce mcbride slander um but um do you think Giannis is a at this point a reasonable target for the knicks especially if they flame out and don't get past the second round um. No, I think he'd give it one more year. So what is his contract? So he, I think he's after next year. He's a free agent, right? No, he's not an extension. I can look it up right now. I think he's locking through. I mean, look, I don't even need to make it up. I can literally just tell you in about three seconds once uh, my page loads here. Uh, he's locked in through twenty twenty seven. So he has a player option for 2027-28, which so he can get out of the contract at the end of the 2026-27 season. That's basically the same situation Donovan Mitchell was in. In yeah, Utah. I think it's a little bit different. Could you expand? I mean, Donovan Mitchell was playing with a defensive player of the year. Yeah, but guys like guys like Rudy Gobert. And Donovan Mitchell get traded all the time in NBA history. All the time. All the time they get traded. Guys like Giannis don't get traded. Like, OKC did not trade KD, right? Fucking the Cavs the first time around, they didn't trade LeBron. They didn't trade LeBron either time. Mellow got traded. Yeah. Yep. Yep, he did. Well, he's top five player at that time. He's not. He was never an MVP candidate. He was never an MVP candidate. The scoring title. He has one fucking scoring title. Get out of here. Um, no, like LeBron, like these these guys don't get traded unless unless they real like I could see, you know, let's say they 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 flame out this year, they flame out next year. Okay, so he's got two years left in his contract. I would think, I would like to think anyway, that assuming his effort does not wane, um, that he could go into the front office next summer. In summer of 2025, and be like, "Look, 
this team is capped out. We have no assets. There's nothing for us to do. The coach sucks. I have won us a championship. I have given you everything I have. I would like to maximize the back end of my prime. If you can accommodate me to go to one of these five fucking teams and find a trade that is the best trade that you can possibly make for, for me, I would appreciate that. Like, I think that might be possible, but I do not think like they are not going to, they will not independently choose to trade Giannis because nobody ever does. They never do. They never do. Like, do you think Dallas, do you think Dallas will ever trade Luca unless he's like, I need to get the fuck out of here. And if you don't trade me, I will walk. Would they trade him? And even Melo, to your point about Melo, Denver probably wouldn't have traded him if he, like, they offered him the extension. If he signs the extension, they would didn't, they, they were not planning on trading him. He did not sign the extension because in his brain, he thought they're now moving into, like, rebuilding and the whatever. The other example so, is Shaq, yeah. Shaq, who was still at that time, in my opinion, the best player on the team. And- but they didn't want to give him his next contract. They didn't trust his health. That's been, and they also, it was also the weird thing with Kobe, correct? Because Kobe was like near Shaq. Like, if you keep Shaq, I don't want to be here. And it was like, okay, well, we're going to bet on the, what was he, 24 or something then? Uh, 24 year old over the 33 year old center who, uh, you know, chooses to use the regular season to play himself into shape every, every year. Like, and who wants to get a new fucking 35 million a year contract. Like, which by the way, the end of that Shaq contract did end up being an albatross. So they were definitely right about that part of it. Um, but like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't think that Giannis is ever getting traded unless he literally requests it. And it, the earliest it would happen is two years from now. I don't think they'll do it the summer when he's three years left in his contract and they just traded for Dame. Cause I mean, like, he, when he requested this summer, if he sees, that no. we got the second round. Let's say the Knicks make the Eastern Conference Finals, and he's like, hold on, I want a Dame here because I wanted a guard I could play with who could pull from anywhere, who can score, who can take the scoring load off of me. There's a guy who actually tries on defense who's not 35 years old um, in, by the way, a place that he has said that he loves to play in um, on a team that is really well-developed. It doesn't have the depth issues that Milwaukee does. Um, I mean, can you objectively say – that um like what's a better spot for Giannis right now objectively in a vacuum do you think he would be better off in New York assuming we got rid of Randall and Mitch whatever like let's say those are the main pieces he's better off playing in New York next to OG probably got like Isaiah Hartenstein and Brunson or do you think he's better off in Milwaukee with Dame and um crickets you know no he's clearly he'd be better off here but I also this is me. I don't think he is going to go after one season of, you know, things didn't work out. And I, I look, obviously they've only won one championship. So if you want to say every year they don't win a championship is like a failure or something. Sure. I get that. But this would constitute like, you know, there were mitigating circumstances in other scenarios. This, there's no real mitigating circumstance here aside from the fact that the team is old and maybe Dame is not as they good. They have no as way he. to get better though. Like what's going to change between this off season and next off season? Nothing. I don't, but like, I don't think players think, I don't think players think this rationally, dude. I don't, and I don't think he's going to be like, oh, well, you know, I gave it a good try this year, but doesn't look like anything's going to happen. So that's it. Like, I got to get out of here. Like, they think they're capable of being the difference, right? So I, he can just look at it and be like, oh, I'll be better next year. And the front office said they were going to do these things. So they will do these things and we'll be better. Like, that's what I think will happen. 
I, I he's I just don't see a scenario where a year after they trade for Dame, which more or less they did to ensure that he resigned um with Milwaukee, like I, I don't see that playing out that way. I just don't. And if he was gonna ask for a trade, like I, I don't know. He could have done it sooner than than when he did. Yeah, but I mean he I think he was close to that last offseason. They signed, they traded for Dame and it didn't work out. I mean, it doesn't look like it's working out right now. I don't think he was that close last offseason. Maybe I mean but... he he signed the extension literally the second they signed they traded for Dame, he signed the extension. To me, that is not something you do if you're not willing to give that real runway. Well, like let's say you're gonna break up with let's say you're unhappy in a relationship and you hint to the other person that hey, you need to step up your game. And the other person goes out of their way to do something big time and it still isn't enough. That's even more of a sign that hey, you know, we uh we should see other people. I'm not sure I understand this analogy right now. <laughs> the analogy is that the point is that like last offseason, maybe to your point, he wasn't close to leaving. So he said, do what you can. Show me that you want me here. They did something for that, and even that wasn't enough. Then it's like, well, hold on. If that's the best you got, and now you can't do anything else, you know, maybe maybe the, the cards are on the table now, even more so than they, they might have been before. Yeah, but, you know, I think you stay together for the kids for a little bit longer. What kids? That's a good point. What Jordan Nora? You guys stay together for Jordan Nora? Um, no, you stay together because Dame, like, they respect each other pretty obviously to me as players. So Dame and Jan, I think it's a two-year thing. Like they have to give it two years. I don't like. I just don't even. I don't even. I think if Giannis went in and was like, "I want out," the summer they'd be like, "Go fuck yourself." Like we'll talk about this next year. We're not doing it right now. Like there's and there's no reason for them to do it because they'll be like, we still have you and Dame under contract for three more seasons. We believe that we can win a championship. We believe in you so much we can win a championship that we're not even going to listen to your desire. Like what you want to do. Or deteriorating. I I think he definitely is. But again, like that is not how they're going to view it because they're you don't trade guys like this. You don't trade MVP players because you don't get them that often. They're not guaranteed they don't you don't like how many mvp players get drafted and and i mean legit not not like oh they were in the conversation one year i'm saying guys that actually fucking win mvp how many of those guys get drafted in a decade three four like it's not a lot and you have Giannis has won two he's won a championship he's won a defensive player of the year he has literally done he there's not the only thing he has not done on an individual level and on a team level at this point um that you can do as a player in the NBA is win rookie of the year. That's it. He's done everything else. He has every other accolade. Like you don't guys like that. You don't trade them. When you have them, you don't trade them. Like, and if you, if you do trade them, it's because they put in the years of service to you and they are looking to get out. And they're in a, they're getting close to a point in their contract where you, you could lose control of the situation. So, I don't see this as that at all. This this is just not even close to that. And I think I think he's going to give them time because he just strikes me as somebody who is, I don't want to say he's loyal, but he is like he just strikes me as somebody who is a little bit more willing to to give things time and and believes in like the process and all that type of shit. 
Um, I think he will have respected that the Bucks risked everything they did risk to get Dame. Uh, and they've shown. They've shown in the past, to be fair to them. They got Drew Holiday, which get, won them a championship. They've gotten like they've they've put it all on the line to to put pieces around Giannis. Now I'm not saying they've done the best job possible. Obviously, that's not true. But they've they've put in everything to to do right by him. I think he I think he'll respect that. And I don't think I don't think he would ask out after a year after a year of of just playing with Dame. I think that'll it'll take time. These bros ain't loyal, man. Um, but um, I mean, is there who who at this point is the person you think the Knicks would? I mean, I think we all think they're going to make a trade this summer. Do you think it is another OG type? Do you think you know they go for a guy like Mikhail Bridges, who's not a star, but they believe in Brunson? Do you think you know? I don't think Embiid's getting. I actually think there's a better chance Giannis gets traded than Embiid. Don't think Luka Doncic is getting traded. Um, although I think I disagree with a lot of Knicks fans where like, I'm like, yeah, if we can get Luka Doncic, it didn't work with Brunson the first time, but they made a Western conference finals. So did it really not work? Um, Brunson is also a, like, as much as we clown Luka for not, you know, maybe adapting as much as he could have to Brunson and Przingis, Przingis was hurt. Brunson has improved a lot. Like that's not, that's not minimize that. Right. He's become a much better player. So I don't think. It would be the same, and they still made a Western Conference Finals. So, um, you know, but I also don't think Luca's getting traded. I think you know they're keeping it together. We we did a whole pot on this. You know, who is the star then? Because it looks like they're going to make a star trade this summer. Who is it? Mitchell. I don't think Mitchell's going anywhere either. They're really good right now. So, I mean, they are really good, um, <coughs> and I I tend to agree. I I actually don't. I feel like all the Mitchell chatter is kind of like it feels like something that was true a, a year ago, maybe or two years ago, where when he was obviously you know all the rumors are flying about the Knicks trading for him. Um, like I feel like if he if he had his druthers, would he like to be in New York? Sure, yeah, he'd probably like to be in New York. Do I think that Donovan Mitchell at the age of 26, 27, whatever the fuck he is? is so hell-bent on getting to New York that he doesn't care that the Cavs are really good and have the chance to compete for a championship. And that that's matters. The Brooklyn stuff, by the way, is crazy to me. Like, it's not real. Be- that's not. There's no way that's real. He wants to be in New York so badly, he's going to force his way out of Cleveland to go play with McCall fucking Bridges. Like, give me a break, dude. Like, that's never going to happen. Um, what about Cam Thomas? <laughs> God. Yeah, they need more Cam Thomas. That's that's That'll fix everything. Um no, I just, I, I don't know. I, I don't, I agree with you. So I, I agree with you. It's not Mitchell. I don't know who it is, but we never know who it is. We never know. And somebody gets traded. Like it happens every year, every summer, every whatever. Like this is how the NBA works. Guys get traded and you're like, wait, what? Why did that happen? When did this happen? Why, why is this team doing this? Like when Donovan Mitchell got traded, I mean, I wasn't necessarily shocked, but because obviously once Rudy Gobert gets traded, you're like, okay, well, there we go. Well, that was the whole that was the whole Windhorse thing, right? They traded right. Royce O'Neal. He was the guy that was like, and then they trade Rudy the next day, and then later the that summer the Mitchell trade right. happens. But that right. didn't come out of nowhere until Windhorse was like, you know, so connecting the dots. Um, but yeah, like uh, these things tend to just. I don't think he was just connecting the dots. I think he had info, but no, he definitely knew. Um, I, I don't know. It I, it could be Embiid for all I fucking know, man. Like I I still think that's like hundred percent there. Like that's 
I, I don't I, I well, think why, But to your point, that's a guy who's won MVP. Um, hasn't had the playoff success, to be honest. But you have a big – they have a MVP-level big when healthy next to, you know, a really, really good shooting guard in Maxi. I think he is – I think Brunson's a better player, but Maxi's at that level. Why would they break that up, right? If you don't want to break up Dame and Giannis, I'm not saying they will. Maxi I'm not saying that, but but this is it can have like one Embiid has less time on his contract, which whatever. He's also more injury prone, which might be a concern for Daryl Morey. He like again, and and because he has less time on his contract, like this is the this is the optimal. This would be the optimal time to trade him if you're going to eventually trade him anyways, because he has two years left in his contract, right? So he's not an expiring contract. A team trading for him is going to be like, okay, well, we get two years of him guaranteed. That that's a big deal. Like that stuff matters. Um, but like, I I don't know that Embiid's going to get traded. I mean, and even if he requests a trade, we also we've seen what Daryl Morey will do. Right? He will drag it on. He he has no problem forcing a bad situation, carrying a bad situation into the season. Like he doesn't mind those things. So I don't know. It, it doesn't need to be him. Maybe maybe it's Booker. Maybe I don't know. But I know. That at some the point, point that Booker, I think, has what four years on his deal after this season? Three, I think. I might no, he's got he's got yeah, his contract extension kicks in this summer and he's under contract, no player option until 27, 28. So Okay. So that's yeah, four years. Yeah, so maybe maybe I don't know. I'm just saying, like, and even with Booker, I I I've said this, I don't think he's gonna ask out until 2025. Maybe the next plan is to wait until 2025. Maybe they're going to do another round that, of. But if that's the case, is that a that seems like a precarious situation because Randall and um, and Brunson are both potentially up for extensions at that point, right? Uh, Brunson can opt out after next year. Uh, Randall, I think, is a true free agent right after next year. Yes. Um, so this would be the summer to make that move, and if that move just isn't there, that puts them in a difficult situation, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so given that, I mean, do you have to pivot to a different strategy? Can you wait till 2025? I mean, do you, I don't think either of them, like, I don't know what they can offer. They can offer Brunson extension this summer, right? They can offer both guys an extension this summer. Yeah, but both would stand to make more money. Certainly Brunson would if he, because like, yeah, they can only Brunson, offer an extension. Brun Brunson's not going to extend. Randall yeah. might extend. Brunson won't extend. And it, it, the question is, does it worth it to... I mean, do you think the star trade is kind of out as a strategy at this point? Um, given no. what given what we talked about, like, it doesn't seem like any of these guys no, are like... because I, I don't agree with you. I think guys ask out all the time and they find a way to get out. I just don't think it'll be honest. Like, you can fucking sit here and tell me 7,000 reasonable things about Dame looks washed. Dame is 75 years old. Brooke Lopez is 45. Middleton looks like he can't walk half the time. And all those things I agree with. And at the end of the day, I'm like, I don't think he's asking out this summer. I don't think they're going to trade him. What I'm but saying there are is guys, I think there are guys that could ask out. Like, I Do I think Mitchell is going to ask out? No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think he will. I actually think they're, they're playing really well. I think if they made, like, even a second round or conference finals, I think he would I think he would extend and he would stay and he'd be like, all right, even if I want to get traded, I can figure that out down the line. But right now I'm happy here, so I'll do that. But I also don't think it's, I don't think it's unreasonable if they lost in the first round. And he's like, fuck this. Like, I... If we're gonna, if I think gonna lose, both said Mitchell may not be the right star at this point where the team is, right? For this but team. That, but that's a different argument. I'm not arguing my beliefs. I'm saying if they still think 
we can trade for a star and that's their ultimate goal. And let's say Mitchell is a guy they're still comfortable. Like we can think what we want. And obviously they had some reservations about trading for Mitchell, but they also did want to trade for Mitchell. Like they liked Donovan Mitchell. They wanted him. They wanted to pair him. Before Brunson became an all NBA player, but yeah. But, but I think they, I think maybe they, I I think it's crazy to believe that they hundred percent believed he could get to where he is right now, but I think they were pretty confident. He'd be really, really good. Like I, I don't, I, I doubt that Brunson being as good as he is now makes them change like, oh, well, now we definitely – we can't have Donovan Mitchell. I don't buy that. The point I'm making is it, I think we can all agree like – Are you just trying to annoy me? If they have to re-sign Brunson next year – Are, you, are you just trying to annoy me? Yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> um, if Brunson is a free agent and Randall's a free agent, right? but especially Brunson, it seems like that would be more difficult to make a trade during that time. Whereas this summer, that seems like now you can get everyone in place at that point before Brunson's contract kicks in, right? Before you have to sign him, before you're paying. I mean, we can talk about. So, is that an incorrect assumption to say that like it kind of has to be this summer? I would assume it's an incorrect assumption just because there's always ways around things. Like, and it's also important to note that they could trade for a star and not have to give up Randall or Brunson. So like maybe they think maybe they feel a lower level. If you sign Brandall, Randall and Brandall, Brandall, that's interesting. If you sign Randall and Brunson and you have, you're going to have to re-sign Hartenstein. Um, you probably still have Mitch on contract. You can trade him in that trade. Um, don't doesn't like the math. If Brunson's making $40 million a year, the math of adding a star is going to be, yeah, it's it's More definitely difficult. a lot and harder. And you have the uncertainty of whether he resigns at all, it's, right? So. It's definitely a lot harder. But I think that let's say Randall plays well in the playoffs and Brunson plays well in the playoffs, but the Knicks lose in the second round. Who cares? Whatever, right? But so but but now they're like, okay, well, we saw Randall play well in the playoffs. So this is no longer like, oh my God, like let's see if Randall has it. Like they know, okay, all right, he figured it out. He's gotten it together. Great. They could reasonably look at this team and just be like, well, we don't actually need another super. Like, we don't necessarily need the caliber of player. No, but what I'm saying is they could look at this team and be like, well, we don't necessarily need the caliber of player we thought. Like, okay, maybe we did have reservations about pairing Donovan Mitchell with Jalen Brunson at one point in time. But if we're getting this version of Randall and we have OG, who, by the way, is going to get a new contract this summer. um, and if you like now, okay, well, we have this Bogdanovich contract. We have this Mitchell Robinson contract. That basically gets you, that is Donovan Mitchell money right there. Like, that's it. Like, you can, and there are other guys you can, like, Josh Hart is another guy they have. DiVincenzo, maybe. Like, they have got those, that's four guys right there under contract for next season that they could deal. And, and the math can work how the math works, but they can get to a star number. Now, can they get to Giannis money? Can they get Giannis? I don't think so. I don't think Giannis is going to ask out. Can I get them Joel Embiid? I don't know. I don't particularly want Joel Embiid, but I do think that he might be on the move this summer. I don't know. Like, it's possible. I definitely think it's possible. Um, you know, like, again, guys, like, Paul George has not signed an extension yet. Maybe they want Paul George again. They wanted Paul George last summer. They were really interested in him. Maybe they could look at the team and be like, you know what? If we get Paul George, we can move DiVincenzo back to the bench. And now we have the best defensive wing pairing in the league. We have great shooting. We've added a, a, a much superior offensive player on the wing to anybody we have on the wing. Like, maybe that's what they do. Like, there's, there's just so many 
there's always so much opportunity in the NBA. Or to your point, maybe they look at it and they're like, you know what? Yeah, we lost in the second round, but because Randall played well and we know what Brunson does, we just think we need to keep working on the margins of this roster, commit to these two guys, and that gives us a four, five, six-year window if we just keep patient and keep trying to improve on those margins, right? Like maybe they're like, you know what? Bogdanovich, not athletic enough. Let's take a shot in a younger guy. Let's attach uh, one of our protected first to Bogdanovich for fucking Kelvin. Yeah, whatever. Keldon, I, mean, I was just saying Keldon Johnson, just because the contract math would work. But, like, whatever. But the point being, is, I think there are ways they can go about it. And, look, I, I don't believe this. I don't think he's the guy they should go for. And I don't think that they will be able to make this trade because I don't think this team would trade with us. But, like, Mikel Bridges, maybe they'd look at him and they're like, you know what, that's what we need. The power of friendship. Uh, let's bring him in. Well, and... that would also be the best defensive wing pairing in the NBA, right? Eh, so... I don't know. You don't think he's a good defender? He hasn't played good defense in a while now. And I always thought he was an overrated defender. He's not a lockdown guy. He's like a good team defender. But I don't even think he's ever been as impactful as like... OG, obviously. But... Yeah, but OG's an awesome... He's he's just an all-around great defender. I think McCall is... He's a really good team defender who has never locked up a premium player ever in his life. But you still... At that point, you'd have two six seven plus guys with seven-foot wingspans with good team defense and one of them is locked down right but right anyway, to your point yeah i mean I, I think that there are those so that's what i'm kind of thinking is like do they need i don't i actually think that there's a good chance they don't they are just going to stay on the margins because i don't think that th that trade that you'd hope is there this summer is going to be there but like maybe it's it's the precious achuas and the og ananobis and the dante divincenzos you made along the way that are like, I mean, Dante DiVincenzo changes the calculus a little bit. Let's see how he does in the playoffs. But if this is a guy who can give you 20 pretty consistently while not taking much away on defense, actually being a pretty solid defender, you know, I think I think that's what's going to happen. Now, does that result in a championship? I don't know. It depends on really how great Brunson is and if Randall can hit 75 to 80% of his. But I like my prediction is I don't think a star trade is happening. Um and I also just don't think it's worth it if you don't get a guy like Giannis. That's part. That's me. I, I, I'm not out on an MB trade. I'd be really excited if they did it, but the injuries and all that. Considering we already have a really good, you know, initiator. I mean, Embiid has played well with with ball dominant guards. It's not a, a him thing, but I, I mean, my prediction I think is that they continue to make moves on the edges. You know, I don't know what they use that Bogdanovich contract for, but probably more of a really good. I mean, maybe a guy like Lowry's. I mean, that's another thing. Utah decided to tank. Maybe that accelerates things for Lowry Mark. And he's like, I'm 26. I'm I'm an all NBA caliber oh, player. I thought you meant Mike but Lowry for a second. Mike Lowry, not Kyle Lowry, of course. <laughs> Mike Lowry. Um, I swear, Zach probably listens to this podcast. He's like, what the fuck are they talking about? What are they referencing? I haven't. Is that movie, movie older than Zach? Has to be. Yeah, Zach just turned 21. Yeah, it's wow. Jesus. Happy birthday, Zach. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I I am less convinced they're sold on any particular path. Like, do I think, again, if they had their druthers, do I think they want a star? Sure. Like, every fucking team wants a star. or They're all on the hunt for stars, which is always why, like, I've laughed when people are like, like, 
all they care about is stars. I'm like, let me let you in on a little secret. Um, that's every front office in the NBA. They all care about stars. You know, the other I, option is like, I mean, if Miami really, Miami is in a precarious situation. I think it could be Butler. I'll throw that out there. I really think it could be Butler because I I'll talking about Butler. But. Oh, I know you were talking. I know you weren't. You're were probably talking about Bam. But I, I will say why. You don't think they'll trade Bam? No, I don't think they'll trade Bam. He's young. They trade Butler. Like that's who you trade. Like if if Miami finally, hopefully, for the love of fucking God, they just fucking fade away this year in the playoffs, and maybe Jimmy doesn't look great, and they're like, you know what? He's always hurt. He's always missing like 15, 20, 25 games in a season. We need to, and and Bam is in his prime, and we need to like commit to building around and with him, whatever. I think they could look, I think the Knicks could look at Jimmy. And if they really believe like we are that close, we are so close, we're a piece away. I could see them doing it just because, like, when I like think of it this way: Randall is good in the playoffs. Jimmy yeah. could be the third option, which takes right. pressure. And 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 think of this too: like, you know how like when Josh Hart plays well, every like when he's good, he like makes this team fucking awesome. Like he's that Jimmy is the star version of of Josh Hart. Like he is the star version of Josh Hart. And I think they could reasonably look at it and be like, well, what if we just get like, what if we just do that? Like, and he's just that guy way more consistently. Plus, we know he's a playoff performer. Like, would Pat Riley trade with New York? That's the other question, right? So. Oh, Pat Riley can fucking jump in the Atlantic Ocean. Fucking vampire fuck. Um, and but the other like, question is Jimmy Butler a Tibbs guy? Yeah, yeah, of course. Who, 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 how could we know? No, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's likely. I don't think it's like to your point. I don't think Riley would. He definitely wouldn't want to trade with New York, right? That, that's what we, we – I think that's safe to say. But I don't – it's not the craziest thing that could have like, – if, if you woke up one day and was like, oh, the Knicks have traded for Jimmy Butler, are you, would you be like, holy shit, how could this happen? I wouldn't. I'd be like, it's pretty wild. But I kind of get it. kind of get it. Um, I don't know. I – but you are right. There, There is no, like, clear cut, oh, this is 100% the guy that's going to be available. This is the guy that makes sense for them. And that's what makes it difficult. And and that it should be because they're good now. This is not like the 2018, 19 Knicks where we're just like, oh my God, ex any star, please come here and save us. No, now we have to really consider like, okay, well, how does this guy fit with Brunson? How does he make sense for us on this timeline? Like we we actually have something to build around and to consider and weigh when we're talking about this stuff, which we didn't have in the past, where we're just like, uh, do you think this guy fits next to Frank Nilakina? Like, who cares? Are we sure we care? Um, it's different now. So this is the part that is hard, and this is the part that's challenging because it's supposed to be, because it's harder to get from where the Knicks are to a championship contender. I mean, I think they kind of already are a contender, but to win a championship than it is to get from laughing stock to respectability. You know, that's not the hardest part of it it's not easy but it's not the hardest part the hardest part is this right finding the guys that put you over the top that's always the hardest part that's why and and it's even if you have flexibility right so yeah and and that, look like you know we can sit here and talk about like Jokic, right amazing generational player Giannis, amazing generational player like Look at how long it took those front offices to find the right pieces and how many and, – and they missed, right? They missed on moves and whatever. 
how long it took them to get those the right pieces around those guys to win a championship. You look at a guy like KD, like he literally left OKC. They never won a championship with him. And he was certainly an amazing player. Future MVPs and a defensive player of the year, right? Right. So. And 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 Steven Adams. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and Steven Adams. And it no, just, no, no. Steven it, Adams came back in the hardened trade. But yeah, yeah, like at that one time they had all three of those guys and Ibaka, right? It's was- it's still crazy that that happened. They never won a championship. But like, yeah, like it, so it it's not easy. And so, you know, even when you have those caliber of players, right? So I think that it's okay to 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 wonder like it's like well, well wh- who is the guy who is the guy where's the guy what's he gonna cost does that make sense like I, you know my cards on the table I don't think the MB thing makes sense but I'll say this like after seeing how they hit on the OG trade like I'm pretty confident like I I feel like if they traded for Joel Embiid and they gave up a package that I didn't necessarily agree with or love or th- think was too much. I would probably still come out at the end of it and be like, well, they've just earned the benefit of the doubt and I'll just see how it works because that's what they've done so far is they've, they've won on their big bets. Um, but I guess we'll see. I mean, there's something else we can do, but I, I do, I do get where you're coming from. Like, I don't know who the guy is. I don't think it's clear cut. Um, I do think it could down eventually though. I do. I do think there's a chance. Do you think the Lowry marketing stuff has gone now or? I don't know. That one's that one's weird to me. I also am not sure where he fits now, but I guess you are you playing him at the five in New York? I would play OG at the two. He doesn't have the ball handling for it, but Brunson is so good and Brando's a pretty good ball handler. I mean, a lineup of Brunson, OG, um, Lowry, Randall, and iHeart or Mitch, that'd be pretty fucking good. I mean, that'd be luxury tack up the ass especially after OG gets paid but I mean the other thing is do you have to give about because if you keep Randall then the fit with Lowry becomes a little bit and I'm not sure at this point I would prefer Lowry Randall I have a hint I have a feeling I might but you know um, that's the other guy I think because especially because he can't be thrilled about what Utah is doing is punting on the season and they're not really punting right I mean, they they were like what a, a fringe playoff team, uh, and now they traded away good players to like get picks, which is fine. But you know, Markin might be like, "Hey, you know, I want to win. I'm really good, and it's going to take a few years for that to be a thing here." But you just want to see them um, make moves around you, right? Like so. Um... Yeah, so with Markkinen, I think it's very easy to fit him. He's a very – I think it's the same reasons we all liked. Um, you know, do you move OG to the two? That becomes tough. But, um, you know, it's it's really the contracts because at that point, Markkinen's making, you know, good money. You have to pay OG probably $35, $40 million. Randall and Bruns will be up for extension. But I think that works. Um, and is that a star trade? It's not the MVP, but I think that makes them a contender, right? So – um, I'm still pretty curious about that. And uh, I mean, marketing is what 26 now. Like, marketing I don't know. Is wants, 26. Yeah. I don't know that he wants to spend the rest of his career in Utah, no matter what. And like, yeah, you can say Danny Ainge is making good moves, but who are they going to get to play with him? Like, is he going to win anything in Utah? I don't know if he asks out, but I'm sure like he would be amenable. And I don't know that they have a real great path forward right now. 
Um, Despite having a lot of assets, and I'm not criticizing Danny Ainge, it's just, it is what it is. I mean, it's always about the money, though, right? Like, because I think at the end of the day, he'd probably be like, okay, well, let me lock in the money, and then I can worry about getting traded. Like, if he's happy to get the money and Utah's happy to give him the money, I think that probably buys them some time, right? Because he'll be like, okay, well, they paid me. I'm still 26. I'll probably still be awesome when I'm 28. They seem like, and, and they, and like, to your point, like, I agree they didn't do anything drastic to try to win, but they also didn't like punt, you know, like they, okay, they traded a Linux who they didn't, weren't going to keep fine, whatever. But like, they didn't trade Clarkson. They didn't trade Sexton. Like they still have talent. They have assets. Like I think he would probably just be like, okay, I'll take the money and I'll give them time to figure it out. Maybe, maybe they even talk about it. Like where he's like, Hey, look, like I'm signing this contract. I'm happy to be here as long as we're trying to make moves. But we really need to be a lot more competitive within the next couple of seasons. And if not, yeah, like, I, mean, I would he, want to leave. He has got one year left on his contract. Next year's he's an unrestricted free agent. The year after, you took still uh, give him the most money though. So he's That's got. Kinda, they can give him the most money, but he's going to get paid no matter what, right? He is, but there's that fifth year is nice. The the max raises they can give you versus the the five percent flat that you get out on the market. Plus, we already know like what good team has cap space. That's the other problem. Is like if his point is I want to be competitive, which you're right. Like he's at an age where that hundred percent could start being like the uh, the primary thing on his mind. Um, but like it makes sense still to sign the contract and then worry about it later because good teams never have cap space. I mean, aside from the Sixers this summer and their big master plan of cap space, which okay, cool. Um, like that doesn't happen. So. You know, I, I still think you just take the money. I think I, I, I think it's a safe bet. I actually gone back and forth on this, but like I, I think he probably just ends up staying in Utah, like getting an extension, staying there for a couple of years. I because I, I just don't know. Like I think to trade him, Utah doesn't. They're not going to be like, oh, give us more picks, right? They have so many fucking picks, they don't know what to do with. They're going to be like, we no. If we're trading Markinen, we want a similar caliber of talent maybe at a different position or whatever. That's a really hard trade to, to nail down. It is. It's very difficult. I don't know. I just don't know how they do it. Randall is similar level of talent, but... Um, He's older. Only a couple years, right? He's older. Same contract situation we're talking about. Like, I don't know if Danny Ainge wants to commit to Julius Randall. I, I don't know. There's a, there's whole other factors there. It's really, look, like, if Randall has a bad playoffs, why would anybody do that trade? Yeah, why would, Yeah. So, uh, I, I don't know. Shifting gears about because I was talking with Keith Kill and and Tyrese a little bit about this on Twitter. So Precious Achua has blown away. I maybe that's overstating it, but he's been much better than we expected. Certainly after his first few games, um, it does look like if the Knicks really do get to full health, he would be an odd man out in that rotation along with Deuce. Um, one, do you think they'll find a way to get him minutes even this year? You know, even when Mitch comes back. And uh, and all that. And two, he is a free agent this year, a restricted free agent, but his qualifying offer is six point five million dollars. Um, you know, Tyrese said that he doesn't expect him to be a part of our plans. The Knicks have you know picks this year or whatever. Uh, they'll likely want to bring in young guys. Um, you know, what do you think happens with Precious now? Because he's not. <coughs> I know you've been a big fan. I think they're going to keep him. I really like. I I hate saying this because I love Mitch. And I'm like the king of um, 
like you know keep your guys it matters having guys that have developed and, and come through the organization and all that stuff <coughs> but I think precious has been really good for them and he's not doing things that are like this is so unsustainable right this is not like some random three-point shooting hot streak or something that he's on like everything he's doing right now I'm like I, I don't see why you would not be able to do this Hartenstein if they keep him <clears throat> I think they want to keep Precious. Every the reporting was that like Precious was kind of like insurance for them in case Hartenstein left. But then you watch how we're playing without Mitch and with Hartenstein, and I just kind of think you're like, I think Mitch might end. I think Mitch get, ends up getting traded. That's sadly what I think, um, because he's just he's always going to be a clunky fit offensively next to Randall, especially the things he doesn't do. He doesn't do at all. Like he's just. It'd be, it'd be wrong to even say he's terrible at them. He just doesn't do them. Uh, I, I don't know. He's not a well. He's not a well-rounded player. That's probably the best way to put it. He's not a well-rounded player. Hernstein is really well-rounded. Even if they're on aggregate, roughly the same level of center, the fact that Hernstein doesn't leave really anything off the table matters. Um, and Precious has. <clears throat> he's obviously not the level that Mitch has shown or that Harnstein has shown, but he's pretty damn, he's been pretty damn good for a backup. He can play the four. He can play the five depending on the matchups. Like there's a lot there to like, I would keep him. And I think it ends up like, I think they keep him. I'm not saying they're going to trade Mitch. Like, I think they keep him because they can, he'll be cheap and he's a restricted free agent. So they have every bit of leverage here, but I don't think that means that Mitch is going to get traded this offseason, 100%. But I'd be surprised if they don't at least kick the tires. I'd be surprised if his name isn't at least out there. I really, like, assuming, and I am assuming this, that they keep Hartenstein. If they keep Hartenstein, I, I, yeah, it's like a, I think that's like almost the nail in the coffin for Mitch as far as his longevity is. And it'll be expensive to keep Hartenstein, you'd have to think at this point, right? He'll probably get Mitch's contract. He will. I do kind of think this his injury helps us weirdly, and I also think the timing of the OG trade helps us, helps us with regard to like how he's perceived. Like, because to me, I feel like Knicks fans know he's really good, and I think even general fans know he's good. But I don't think there's an appreciation for how good outside of the people that watch him every single game, right? Like, I don't think. Thunder fans are like, oh my god, we got to go break the bank for fucking Hartenstein this summer, and it's hard to justify they breaking. Should, the... By the way, but yeah, yeah, they should, but <laughs> fuck them. Um, and who knows? Maybe Hartenstein's like, why am I? I don't want to leave New York to go to fucking Oklahoma City. Well, his me. his wife now or fiance? I don't know. They're they're married, right? I think they're married. Yeah, his significant other is a mom. Unless you're suggesting that he, they're having a child out of wedlock, uh, which is a crime. As far as I'm concerned, no, I'm joking. Obviously, uh, I am. I am offended. Um, yeah, I mean, but she's a model, right? So that living that, in sin. They're there. living in sin. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it'd be one thing if they're if we're if Miami tried to sign them, which they wouldn't. But it's different if it's Oklahoma City, right? So or you know San Antonio or whoever. I mean, I think he'd be he'd be awesome in San Antonio too. That's a team that should be looking at him. But I mean, can you imagine if he was used like DL? Um, he'd be really good there. But um, but yeah, do you want to move to San Antonio? That's another factor. His family is obviously comfortable here. So, yeah. So, uh, yeah. I, I I think 
unfortunately, I just keep coming. Like, this is where I've been. The more I watch Precious, like, the more I'm just like, I kind of feel like Mitch is on his way out within the next six, seven, eight, however many months. Um, and it's a, it's a pretty tradable contract. Right? It's three years left after, or two, two, two years yeah. after the season, 15 mil. So good chunk. If you like, which you should like Mitch Robinson, if you're, um, I could see Detroit being interested, right? I mean, they've drafted a million bigs. God knows they need another. Well, none of them are good. I mean, Jalen Duran, I think, still has potential. Um, I would like to victory lap. A lot of people saying we Dude, should. His, con- his contract's even better than that. Like, it's 14.3 next season, and it's 12.9 the following season. Yeah, for probably the best offensive rebound in the NBA, a really good rim protector. You, yeah. you know what? Worst case scenario, you could trade him to Memphis. Yeah. If they're just like, we'll give you a first-round pick, maybe that, that appeals to the Knicks. Like you could trade him to Memphis, they, and we know that they love those guys, right? They love, and they they just traded Adams. They just traded Adams, so they could reasonably be like, "All right, look, they next Jimmy year." Tillman too, right? So yeah, they, and, and so they can reasonably look at it and be like, "Look, obviously this year didn't go to plan, but we know that having elite offensive rebounders next to Ja, next to ja, JJJ, you know, next to Bain, that works. We know that as good as of a, of a help side rim protector type that JJJ can be." We know that he's a helper. He's not necessarily a guy that you want planted at the rim waiting for the onslaught of drivers to come at him and, and test him. And he's a horrible we, rebounder, right? Yeah, he's a, te- yeah, he's a terrible defensive rebounder. So, like, that's – like, Mitchell Robinson, I think if the Knicks want to trade him, they could trade him pretty easily, and they could probably get value for him. Yeah, and, and, and to your point, you know, this is something – we were talking about this in the strict court with, you know, in the pipe dream scenario where we get Giannis. Does Hartenstein necessarily – is he the best fit? And I think in terms of spacing, what's missed is like, yeah, Hardenstein doesn't shoot threes, but when a big doubles off of him, he can be so useful. He can hit that little free throw line push shot. But also if you just live, leave him at the dunker spot or like a little bit farther than dunker, dunker spot, he can hit the push shot, but he can also take two dribbles. And this is the biggest difference between him and Mitch. He has like, he's not Himalajuan, but he has a post game. He can take two dribbles. He can pump fake. He has touch. Whereas with Mitch, if he's not dunking the ball, or it's not a putback, there's nothing. So Hardenstein functionally, there's a reason why Randall has looked a lot better next to him as well. He he is not a spacing five, but he creates space, right? This is not a typical rim running five. And that offensive versatility matters a lot. And then again, like we're talking about like it's very hard to find stretch fives who can protect the rim. It's also hard to find plus offensive fives um, who can protect the rim like Hardenstein. I mean as much as like I think the last year's playoffs prove that Mitch, when he's like all systems go, is a better player. The reason why some people do prefer Jared Allen is because yeah, he can't shoot, but he can kick take the ball at the free throw line. He can pass a little bit. He can take two dribbles and he has the coordination to turn that. We're like, you know, let's say like this is what like let's say Randall like gets doubled, kicks it out, and our Isaiah Hardenstein is at the free throw line. That's not a dead possession. Hardenstein can dribble, he can back a guy down. Um, you know, he can push shot. Um, he's also not a liability to free throw line. So overall, especially for this team, it makes a lot of sense to, to roll with Hartenstein. You have another good backup in Precious. You can hold on to Sims in case the Precious bet doesn't work out. Um, so, you know, um, and, and it also, you know, it gives you some lineup flexibility. The other question, though, is like, at, you know, if everyone's here, do you really think Precious is be out of the rotation? That's a leave given how good he's played. But like, if everyone's back, it's just tough to find in minutes, right? And he's and and this is the this is where like 
it's hard with like the numbers and, and the salary cap and everything where it's like, look, do we think Precious is better than Mitch? No. But he gives us value. He's good. And ultimately, if we're paying Hartenstein, we're paying him to be a starting center. So now I don't need to pay a lot. I shouldn't be paying a lot for my backup five, right? Like I should be paying probably what what, what do you think we could I think you could probably get Precious for like three years, 25 million or something like that. Yeah, that's pretty reasonable. Like the that's what you should, contract, basically. Yeah. Maybe year, yeah. Yeah. That's 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 what you should be paying your backup five. So like it just it sucks because I love Mitch and he's an awesome guy. He's developed like his development has been incredible in his time in New York, but the numbers just seem like they're not they're gonna work against him here, especially because Hartenstein's been so good. Like this is it's a great problem to have, but it still sucks because like look, I'm not Leon Rose. I don't need to be cutthroat and ruthless and whatever. Like I like Mitch a lot. He's an awesome guy to root for. He seems like a really good dude. Um and like you don't want to lose those guys. But it's the nature of the business, uh, and it does feel like it's cutting against Mitch, unfortunately, here. I am very curious to see how, – how much do you think last year the Knicks bullied the Cavs, obviously, um, for the entire series? Mitch was a huge part of that. But Hardenstein also was. How replicable do you think that kind of recipe is if we don't have Mitch? the offensive rebound recipe. Yeah. Just battering them on the glass, right? That's what Mitch did, but I think Hardenstein did too. And he's capable of that, but Hardenstein's capable of it. But I, I think what you're betting on effectively is like, we can be a little bit more expansive in how we play to beat an opponent like that. We don't need to like, you know, kind of win in the trenches. We can, we can air it out, right? Like we can fucking, you know, we, we can, we'll, we'll we're going to hang a hundred on them. Uh, as one great coach once said, um, but like, I mean, that's what you're betting on effectively, right? Is that you're like, well, this was great, but there's a limit to how good we can be. If that's our thing, if that's the core of our identity, there's a limit to it. And it, it can still be the core of your identity. Like the Knicks are still going to be a really good rebounding team, even if they lost Mitch, but there are different ways to build off of that and build around that. And I think with Mitch, the problem is he's so limited offensively that when he's with on the team and especially when in that role, starting center, like you kind of have to commit to that. That has to be your thing. And um, I think with Hartenstein, what we're seeing is, Hey, we can still be really good on the glass, but now we can attack you in so many more different ways. And now we have everybody in our lineup is capable of dribble pass. I don't know about shoot, but like dribble and pass for sure. Hartenstein can do those things. And like, look, I know that Mitch, you know, once every fucking three months when he decides he's going to take somebody off the balance, it's really cool. But it's ve- it's cool because it's a fucking rare thing, right? It's, it's also like a, it's a straight line drive where there's no reads, right? Hardenstein is th- these things are a little more complex, right? Like he'll dribble, but he's got his he's, head up. I, he's fake dribble handoffs, right? Like like a real dribble handoff fake, and then drive to the rim. Like it's it's hard. That's not. And he's very Mitch can't do that. yeah. Um, getting getting back to this season though, you know when everyone's healthy, you know Tyrese was making the point that Bogdanovich would probably get minutes at the four, right? Because they go nine deep, so you have to, you have the five starters, Hartenstein obviously, so that's six. Um, Hart is going to play, so that's seven. Um, 
and Burks is going to play, right? He's their only real Burks or McBride, one of them. I would I would bet on Burks at this point. Um, so you have one spot really left for Bogdanovich. Do you think they go ten deep in the playoffs because Bogdanovich isn't really the best backup four? Do you think Precious gets squeezed? You know, what do you think is going to happen? And obviously, knock on wood, they are healthy by the playoffs, so that's a good problem to have for sure. But yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. I, I would guess that Precious gets squeezed out if Mitch is back and Bogdanovich is back. I could see the only thing I could see is Tibbs benching one of Burks or Bogdanovich because he likes Precious and he wants to keep him in the rotation, which I don't think is a non-zero chance. Yeah. I would strongly consider that, especially with Burks. The problem with Burks is Burks gives you like no one else gives you shot creation besides Brunson, right? Well, Randall. Uh, what? Randall. Is he going to stagger Randall and Brunson? And can you really but, rely but, on Randall? But that's, that, that's a, it, does, it might not even matter because he he could – we already saw this. He might be like, well, fuck it. I don't care if there's shot creation or not. I'm just not like – that might just be what he does. What I'm saying is I don't think it will necessarily matter. And I, if you have Bogdanovich, I still think you have some level of shot creation. Plus you'll have OG who like, yeah, he's not the greatest shot creator, but for like two, three minutes, maybe he can be your guy. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I would be curious, could they go with Bogdanovich, especially if you pair him with with Precious as a good defender? Um, and it, I mean, Hardenstein's not line up. He gives you some, you know, you can open up some things. It'd be interesting. At this point, I mean, Burks, I, at ceiling, what Burks can do, and again, as bad as the point guard minutes were, and he was miscast, like, it was a functional offense. Um, I could see that, but I think that's it's going to be an interesting thing to look at, because I think Burks was Precious at this point is really it's precious does a lot of the josh hart stuff you know does the little things gets his hands on loose balls all contests really well without fouling actually he's pretty good at that um you know doesn't like honestly the rap that the rap that he had from the raptors was uh you know like makes boneheaded plays but is very talented i actually think his feel has been pretty good i think tibbs has simplified his role but um you know i i would hate to not see that guy in the playoffs because i think he's a difference maker right now for this team I just like his. I again. I I will keep repeating this, but I really like the lineup of him, Randall, and OG in the front court. I think that's exactly the type of lineup where, yeah, it's not a five out lineup, but you can defend five out pretty well with that group, which is important in the playoffs, especially you know if we come in and, and we face a, a Boston, you know. So that that I agree with you. Like I, I do, I do agree. Like I think he's kind of. He has a very intriguing defensive skill set that, to me, feels like it should and probably would be more important in the playoffs. Um, obviously, we have to get there. We have to see how he if he plays. We have to see how he plays. But I'm definitely intrigued. You know, like he's just everything he's done since he's been in New York is intriguing and it's encouraging. Um, gives them and you know again to to the core of your point though, the main thing is it gives them even more options than they had uh, going into the offseason. Like, look, we. Getting Precious is great. You talked about it, right? We traded out RJ. We traded out Quick. We traded out Grimes. Can you use Mitchell Robinson in a trade to maybe get back a younger guy on the perimeter? Because, look, I I, I still st I like the Burks Bogdanovich move. I think you can already see, like, there are some athletic limitations to um, those guys in rotation. So maybe you're like, look, like, you know, uh, we, we want to keep Bogdanovich, but we want to get a younger version of what Burks give us. Like, can, can Mitch... Can we trade Mitch and go get that from some other team on the market? Like, is that possible? Bones so just 
stop with fucking... Why would Bones Island be the answer to that? Why is Bones Island the answer to that? He can shoot from anywhere. He averaged 15 points a game. Enough enough with Bones. Enough enough with Bones. No, Bones I mean, I, think, I, I actually... For whatever reason, I think Detroit would love Mitch. So I think Ivy would be a worthwhile... I think, I think the Spurs could love Mitch. I think the Spurs could be like, hey, look, we want Wemby to be the five long-term, but we need to have somebody better than Zach fucking Collins to, like, be the five... For right now and you know at least start games and yeah if we want to close the one the other five sure but we want to start games with another center i think mitch could be intriguing to them right and it's like oh they have keldon johnson maybe it's mitch for keldon johnson and that's a trade the knicks are like yeah well you know keldon's not been great but we're going to put him in our system and tibbs is going to you know infuse his brain with exactly where to make rotations um and there's also athletic. i mean there's also portland right i mean i don't think this if they want to lean on if they want to you know build around scoot um, you know, maybe you can add a pick to Mitch and get someone like Simons, right? So that would be, I don't know if Tibbs might brain my break if he has to figure out how to play Simons and Brunson together. Um, that's why you have guys like OG Precious yeah. and Hartenstein. Chenzo, all, even. I mean, I think that you can really test, I mean, with how good OG is and how good Hartenstein is, you can test the limits of how bad you can be. And that's what you're, they're doing with Burks and Bogdanovich, right? You're trying to, you're trying to stress test them. Yeah. Like how, how much can he cover for? And still, I mean, we saw it. With, I know this is your favorite Nick of all time, but the Knicks have the oh, third best defensive rating in the league. The most Fugazi third. And Tyson Chandler won the defensive player of the year, despite starting. I mean, their second best defender was J.R. Smith, who did play good defense that year, but they had no defenders besides Tyson Chandler. Shumpert. Shumpert was, was good on your defense. Defender, he was a good on ball defender. His, so, he was always a better defender in theory than in practice. He never had the makings of a varsity athlete. Um, it's yeah, no, I mean I get that. Um, by the way, that was the fakest third defensive rating ever. That the league was fucking awful that year because it was the fucking strike year, and half the guys showed up out of shape because they didn't think there was going to actually be a season. Um, that's the only. That's why they immediately were terrible the next year. You hate defense. Tyson Chandler more or Mello? Oh, Tyson easily. It's not even close. <laughs> Just such an unmemorable disgrace of a Nick. Um, but like, yeah, I, it's again, and, and to your point, like the options, like, they have a lot of options. Like, DiVincenzo, look, that contract now, given the way he's playing, it's one of the best contract, non rookie scale contracts in the league. The only on one better might be his backcourt mate, right? So, yeah, so we'll see how it goes. They have a lot of options between, you know, I'm not saying they, they have to trade any of these guys, I'm just saying, like, these are guys that now have con that are on under contract that should hold some value and give them options in the market. DiVincenzo, Hart, like those those three: DiVincenzo, Hart, Mitchell Robinson, and Bogdanovich. Very specifically, those four guys to me are like very interesting in terms of what they could potentially. And even even a guy like Deuce, like he's got wait he signed a th three year thirteen million dollar extension. Like I'm sure there are teams that would have seen enough from him where they're like, hey, look, like if I was Dallas, I might be like, hey. I don't mind getting a good three-point shooter that's a little bit smaller that can defend point of attack even if he can't handle the ball because I don't need him to. I have Luka. I have Kyrie. So I, I don't need that shot creation. I need guys that can cover for them. So like I, even he is somebody who I think will have value. So I'm, I'm very, definitely very interested to see how this offseason goes. And, and kind of like to your point, I don't think it has to just be about star trades. I do think that's what they'll be hunting for. But we all we we also know that they are like willing to work on the margins if that's the best value that's out there for them. So um, we'll see. All right, I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, Stacy, 
let the people know they can plug or let the people know they can find you and plug anything you like to plug. I was going to say, let the people plug you. I was like, eh, maybe that'll come across weird. Yeah. Uh, I'm not your mother. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me at Stacy Pound 89. Um, nothing to plug right now. Awesome. Uh, I have nothing to plug myself. So I will uh, I will plug all the work at the Strickland. I will also plug uh, Doc Rivers just continues to stumble and uh, fail his way upwards in life. He's on an all-time quote run right now. I hope everybody uh, is enjoying that, and I hope everybody's enjoying how garbage Milwaukee has looked since hiring him. Somehow they got worse, which is incredible to me. Uh, all right. Anyway, aside from that, I have nothing. So – Thanks to our sponsor, Bet Online. That is our show for today. I hope everybody has a great week. Uh, I'm not sure when me and President are going to record, but probably tomorrow. Who knows? We'll see. I'll let you know. Uh, be on the lookout for that. So that'll probably drop on Friday at some point. Uh, go Knicks. Beat Philly. Let's get back on the winning, winning, winning. Let's build winning habits again. Let's, build on the winning, let's get on the winning horse. Let's get on yeah. Pio Mai. Yes. All right. Everybody have a great week. I'll see you later. Peace. Our house is a mess. Come on in. I'm Amber Wallen, internet comedian, plant queen, and host of your new favorite podcast, Fly on the Wild. Okay, that's pretty presumptuous to assume that this is going to be their favorite podcast, by the way. Like, come on, Amber. Anyway, that wasp that you just heard interrupt me is my husband. And co-host, Benjamin Wallen, also a comedian, and I host people at our home. I have a great wine collection in my cellar. Well, you mean cellar. the mini fridge? It's a mini fridge. It's a mini fridge. Yeah. New episodes of Fly on the Wallen drop every Wednesday. Listen in as we discuss relationships, books, and keeping our sweet baby kid alive while we make laughs on the internet. Subscribe to Fly on the Wallen wherever you get your podcasts.